Welcome to the America's Workforce Radio Podcast, the flagship production of the American Workers Radio and Podcast Network, where organized labor and its never-ending fight to protect the rights of the American worker come first. Now, presented by LIUNA, Laborers International Union of North America, here's your host, Ed Flash Ferens. The Inflation Reduction Act, one year later. UAW reacts to what President Biden said this week about talks with the big three automakers. And today on the show, a nice union win at eBay and the latest from the North Coast Labor Federation. Welcome to the Thursday, August 17th edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least five platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. We have two guests on the show today. We're going to start things off with the TCG Union president. That would be Chris Ryan. Website is local1123.com. They're affiliated with the Communication Workers of America, and they're based out of Syracuse, New York. And this is certainly good news. Last Friday, TCG Player, which is a subsidiary of eBay, giant corporation, multi-billion dollar corporation. Well, they announced that it would formally recognize its workers union, TCG Union-CWA, and begin bargaining with the workers on a first contract. How about that? Well, back in March, March 10th to be exact, the workers at the company, 272 of them, overwhelmingly won their union election. In response to that win, eBay and its subsidiary, TCG Player, well, they did what a lot of companies do. They engaged in a series of illegal delay tactics to avoid meeting workers at the bargaining table. So, as a result, workers filed multiple unfair labor practice charges against the company for their refusal to recognize the union and bargain with workers. Additionally, The workers held a press conference in downtown Syracuse with local labor and elected officials in late July to call on the company, TCG Player, along with eBay, to recognize the rights of their unionized workers and start talking about a contract. Well, last Thursday, one week ago from today, the National Labor Relations Board announced it was denying TCG players' most recent appeal against the workers' overwhelming union election victory. And in response, and the continued pressure by workers in the community, the company stated that they recognize the union and will begin to bargain. How about that? By the way, the workers at TCG Union-CWA are the first group of eBay workers to win Union recognition. Back in 2022, eBay acquired TCG Player, resulting in several key challenges for workers, including loss of benefits, evolving and inconsistent performance metrics, and more. By the way, TCG Player is one of the largest online marketplaces for verification services, for card games, and collectible trading cards. Workers there are physically responsible for ensuring that every shipment in and out of their hub in Syracuse is completed accurately and meets quality standards. So we'll talk about this this trek from uh, starting a union drive 
in getting to the point of where they, you know, met with the NLRB and made sure that uh, things were going to start moving in the right direction and working on that first contract. That is significant, truly significant. We'll also run down what they uh, want in that first contract. So uh, Chris Ryan will be our first guest there. We're going to go to uh, Pat Gallagher, who has not been on the show. He's been taking some time off. He retired officially from the United Steelworkers back in June. And he still holds a position with the North Coast Labor Federation. He will talk, number one, about the big win at the polls in the state of Ohio last week with issue one, where an overwhelming majority, over 57 percent of the voters said, no, we want we want to keep the status quo. We don't want to have a situation in the state of Ohio where a supermajority can call the shots. So right now. No changes to the Constitution, which has been in place for 111 years. The other big story, Cleveland Cliffs, and Pat is still connected with the Steelworkers. I mean, as long as he has been with the Steelworkers, which has been decades, he is still keeping tabs on what's going on. And uh, there was a big story earlier this week about Cleveland Cliffs making an unsolicited bid, which was rejected by U.S. Steel. And it would be one heck of a steel company. And Cleveland Cliffs is a pretty good uh, union shop. And uh, right now, it's not its not that it's not going to happen, I guess. I'm sure Pat might have more to add to the story. But this is the initial thing. And regulators would have to look at this. But uh, once again, consolidation is happening all around the planet. So Pat Gallagher will be joining us as our second guest on the show. Now, a brief look into the world of labor. The segment brought to you by the good folks at Boyd Watterson Asset Management. You can find more at boydwatterson.com. Well, President Biden delivered remarks yesterday. Yesterday was the one-year anniversary of the Inflation Reduction Act. And in the past year alone, this is amazing, in the past year alone, private companies have invested more than a $110 billion in clean energy manufacturing. In fact, the law has driven significant investment in the U.S. manufacturing industry to the point that the chief executive officer of U.S. Steel, just talking about them, the chief executive officer said that the Inflation Reduction Act should be renamed the Manufacturing Renaissance Act. Because manufacturers are returning previously offshored production to the U.S. That same shift has brought supply chains back to the U.S. So these changes have meant new, well-paid manufacturing jobs. Jobs that disappeared many, many years ago. So uh, even the executives are saying, you know, this is a pretty good thing. Some on the Republican side, no, no Republican voted for this, by the way. And it turns out that a lot of the new plants that are coming here are in traditionally red states. We've talked about this on the show a couple of times. We have a comment here from uh, Scott Paul, who is the uh, president and uh, executive director of the Alliance for American Manufacturing, he said the Inflation Reduction Act's historic investment in America's clean energy future has been a crucial step toward realizing our nation's manufacturing leadership. It has supercharged our factories as they develop the products and materials we need for a cleaner future. Equally important, these investments have created thousands of new 
family-supporting factory jobs. China, points out Scott, has a stranglehold on some of the world's most essential rare earth minerals and is dead set on subverting America's burgeoning solar and electric vehicle industries. The IRA, Inflation Reduction Act, and other efforts to bolster American manufacturing are more important than ever to counter these aims. The United States has been playing catch-up, but the IRA has brought transformative change that must be sustained. Scott Paul heads the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Great website, also a partner here on America's Workforce, AmericanManufacturing.org. Let's talk about the auto workers. About 146,000 members of the UAW will vote next week on authorizing their leaders to call strikes against Detroit automakers. Sean Fain, the president of the union, said in a statement Tuesday that talks that started in mid-July are moving slowly and have yet to get to wages and other economic issues. The union's contracts with General Motors, Ford, and Stellantis expire, my gosh, less than a month, September 14th. Now, the union did not name a target company for a strike in its statement. Now, they usually pick one, and then they pattern that agreement with the other two. Strike authorization votes are a routine part of contract talks and are often overwhelmingly approved. Sean Fain has set high expectations for the talks, says the unions will seek more than 40% general pay raises over four years, Restoration of pensions for newer hires, cost of living increases, an end to wage tiers, and other benefits. He went on to say that workers can make big gains, but they must be ready to strike to get them. Union also wants guarantees that it will represent workers at 10 U.S. electric vehicle plants proposed by the companies. Most, by the way, are joint ventures with Korean battery companies, and he has complained that Stellantis is seeking concessions in the contract when the union wants gains, but a union spokesman said singling out Stellantis doesn't mean the UAW has picked a company as a strike target. So uh, we're at a crucial time, and President Biden this week raised his voice on uh, on what's going on here, and this is a uh, Biden's statement, the middle class built America, unions built the middle class, they need to transition to a clean energy economy. And that should provide a win-win opportunity for auto companies and unionized workers. It should enable workers to make good wages and benefits to support their families while leading us into a future where America is leading in the way in reducing vehicle emissions and producing autos that will successfully compete domestically and globally. Companies should use this process to make sure they enlist their workers in the next chapter of the industry by offering them good-paying jobs and a say in the future of their workplace. Biden went on to say, as the big three auto companies and the United Auto Workers come together one month before the expiration of their contract to negotiate a new agreement, I want to be clear about where I stand. I'm asking all sides to work together to forge a fair agreement. He went on to say, I support a fair transition 
to a clean energy future. And that means ensuring that big three auto jobs are good jobs that can support a family, that auto companies should honor the right to organize, take every possible step to avoid painful plant closings, and ensure that when transitions are needed, they are fair and look to retool, reboot, and rehire in the same factories and communities at comparable wages while giving existing workers the first shot to fill those jobs. Biden wrapped up saying the UAW helped create the middle class, and as we move forward in this transition to new technologies, the UAW deserves a contract that sustains the middle class. When that got to the desk of Sean Fain, this is what he said. At this critical moment in negotiations, we appreciate President Biden's support for strong contracts that ensure good-paying union jobs now and pave the way for a just transition to an EV future. We agree with the president that the Big Three's joint venture battery plants should have the same strong pay and safety standards that generations of UAW members have fought for. As the president said, the UAW helped build the middle class, and we are fighting for contracts that will bring prosperity back to working-class communities that have been struggling for far too long. The big three have been extraordinarily profitable for years now, making a quarter trillion dollars in North American profits over the last decade and another $21 billion in total profits in the first half of this year. With the president's support, we know these profits can be invested in collective bargaining agreements that lift up auto workers, our families, and our communities. Wow. Quarter trillion dollars in profits over the last decade and $21 billion, billion with a B, in the first half of this year. That's pretty amazing. UAW.org, there's a lot of information posted there, including the statement that I just read and some good videos because workers are ready, and obviously the Teamsters win at UPS has played into this immensely. They were playing hardball, and UPS said, okay, okay, we get it, we get it, we'll work out a deal. That uh, should be uh, finalized any day now, I think at the beginning of next week. Uh, The date that comes to mind is August 22nd when the ratification on that contract should be uh, finally told. All right. We have to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to check in with the Communication Workers of America in Syracuse, New York, and a big win for the TCG Union Local 1123. Back in a few minutes. You're listening to America's Workforce with Ed Flash Ferens. It takes Lyuna to build North America's infrastructure. From roads and bridges to schools and skyscrapers, the men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, build the projects we depend on. From constructing the Freedom Tower on the site of the former World Trade Center to untangling Washington, D.C.'s congested interstate, Lyuna members do the work that matters. Find out what it takes to be built by Lyuna at lyuna.org. 
That's liuna.org. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, where you can find more at teamster.org. Union members need to be heard. Reliable and convenient union voting has never been more important than it is now. Make voting easy for your membership by working with survey and ballot systems. SBS offers encrypted and monitored solutions that ensure your elections are accurate and accessible for every member through mail-in, online, and in-person voting. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com and take the next step in getting secure and auditable elections. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Steelworkers. You can find more at usw.org. America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at voidwaterson.com. America's Workforce appreciates our sponsor, the Columbus Central Ohio Building and Construction Trades Council, who represents more than 18,000 workers from 19 affiliated local unions and district councils. America's Workforce is presented by the Labor's International Union of North America. Feel the power right now at liuna.org. Now... Back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the Ohio Federation of Teachers. You can find more at oh.aft.org. Let's go to a Syracuse, New York, right now. And joining us on our live line is Chris Ryan. Chris serves as president of the TCG Union, which is affiliated with the Communication Workers of America. Website is local1123.com. That's a CWA local. Chris has been a union guy for 26 years, 10 of those years as president. The last year probably gave him a few gray hairs. (laughs) It was a fight with uh, a spinoff of eBay, TCG Player, a subsidiary of eBay and the good news last Friday they announced they would formally recognize their union and start bargaining on a contract that is not easy to attain Chris Ryan welcome to America's workforce thanks for joining us today so uh, I want you to uh, to talk about what happened here because we talk unions every day on this show and getting that first contract Getting that first contract, of course, it's not a done deal. You still got to work on it, but at least you paved the way. So thanks for joining us, and tell me how this all began, brother. Go ahead. Well, uh, you know, first and foremost, thank you. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Uh, first uh, And number two, thank you for all the work that, that you do and your organization on behalf of unions, uh, which I truly believe the bedrock of uh, the American worker for absolutely sure. Uh, you know, the, by, by way of background, we organized, we got the organizing campaign going. Uh, and then when we, uh, when we actually had our uh, NLRB certification vote, uh, we, uh, the unit, the, the members, the employees at TCG, now eBay, overwhelmingly uh, voted to become members of Local 1123 and communications workers of America within their unit, you know, the TCG union. So, and obviously the first step of that was the, excuse me, the employer, first thing they did was object, right? So they objected to who should have been voted. They said, well, 
there is a certain subset subgroup of employees here that uh, should have been voted. Hence, the whole vote was tainted in redo. So they appealed the decision, went to Region 3. Region 3 voted with us. Uh, well, well, voted in our favor to certify, certify the vote. Well, obviously, that wasn't good enough for them. They decided to double down uh, because everything they could do to, you know, I guess, stall it, run out the clock or whatever. Uh, I have another theory on that, but assumptions, right? But so they appealed that decision to Washington, D.C., and uh, ultimately the board ruled, as you stated, um, very eloquently last week, ruled in our favor. So they said, well, nope, you're wrong again. Uh, you're wrong again. NLRB Region 3 was correct. The, the NLRB was correct. And now the vote is certified. The unit is what the unit is. Now uh, get to the table. So, And we said that we, the first thing we did was send them some uh, a nice letter and say we're available this day, this day, this day. And now we wait to see when they will meet with us and look forward to obtaining that first contract, which, as you, again, stated correctly, is not always easy. Yeah, it's not easy at all, but at least you got to that point. And I want to ask you, too, what you want in that contract. But right now, I have to bring up this law firm, and I've heard so much about Littler Mendelssohn. They have a reputation, and I mean a very distinct reputation when it comes to union busting. And I know you want them to end, eBay and TCG Player, to end that relationship with them. Can you tell us, tell me and our listeners right now what, um, what they did, what they did during this campaign to stop the union drive there, Chris? Well, I mean, well, from the beginning, right from the onset, even 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 by way of background too, they were going, they were trying to organize. The the, the unit was trying to organize pre-COVID. Then COVID hit. Uh, it was with a different union, and kind of things kind of fell apart. And that's when they brought up Littler Mendelssohn. And ironically, right, so the former CEO, you know, was kind of shocked that they were going to have the union and do this and this. Well, we don't really need Littler Mendelssohn. We're here for you. Uh, we want to talk to you, which is, as we all know, was not even anything, was, was quite frankly, just BS, right? So, right. and, you know, they want to say, well, we are included, we recognize you and we were here for you and we recognize your rights. But then you, you can't say that, like I have said it before, you, that's talking out of both sides of your mouth. You can't say that you were going to do that in good faith and then retain Littler Mendelssohn, one of the biggest uh, employer law firms in the country that has a history or a notoriously very anti-union, right? So that's, and that's how that came about, but they put pressure on the unit. Well, why do you need like, like they do, right? Captive audience meetings, uh, direct dealing with members, trying to tell them uh, that they didn't need the union. They were there for them, but they still wouldn't give them any raises. They still would promise nothing, which obviously was a, and, 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 and listen, the employees, the, the, our members saw through that, uh, and that's why they went. But, but in addition to that, just we've had probably, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I believe we have 10, quote, if, it's, if it's not 10, it's very close, additional charges with the labor board for unfair labor practices, termination of 
two employees, violation of status quo, uh, unilateral terms and terms and conditions of employment. So that's a whole other thing that we have to sort out too. So, yeah, that's it's going to be a long haul, but that's okay. It's that's that's why we have the board. That's why we have the process, and we're just going to keep doing it. So, Chris, you said two employees were terminated during this union drive. Now, you're not supposed to fire somebody because they want to join a union. They usually make some something up, some kind of a charge. Uh, wh- what happened in that case? I'm, I'm sure you were in the middle of all that, right? Yeah, and both both of which have resulted in, in charges uh, because I, we believe that they're not <laughs> – they, they weren't terminal offenses or there was something that they should have talked to us prior uh, so you know that, that 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 those terminations resulted in additional charges that we have to file with the labor board. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know they, they just I, I believe that they were intended to send a message. But you know the, the, the best thing about the whole the group, our members that that are over TCG, you know they're they're they're, they're a strong group and they're really really determined and they were not deterred uh, by any of the hard tactics that the that eBay threw at them and Littler Mendelssohn. So and it's a and it's a really it's a testament to the group and they have some good leadership. Uh and we were we were definitely able to hold that together throughout this whole anti union campaign leading up to the where we're now we're looking for bargaining days. Well we all know we have a friend in the in the White House. President Biden is very pro union and I was reading on your website that uh there was one of your members that went to the White House to uh, to get some, I guess, added solidarity on your union drive. Can you speak to <laughs> yeah, to, to yeah, what yeah, happened yeah. there? That that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was. It kind kind of came out of uh, kind of nowhere. They were looking to meet. You know, they always are. And as you said, you know, I I, I think it's safe to say uh, Joe Biden has probably been President Biden is probably the most pro-union pro, pro-union president we've probably had in, in american history uh but they did have somebody come down they wanted to talk about it because this is you know the whole with the whole social media and the way everybody communicates on a global uh on a global scale now uh there's a lot of a lot of attention and they were down there and brianna who is great by the way she's one of our mobilizers she's now she's been in it from the beginning. She's actually Brianna is actually on our uh, with has been elected to the bargaining committee. So they went down and they met, and uh, you know it was a great experience. And also, it wasn't just uh, uh, President Biden; it was also uh, Bernie Sanders too. So, great opportunity, great opportunity. I would have liked to have been in the room, but they wanted to limit it, so I guess I got shut up. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you didn't get the added invite on that. Well, hey, you know no, what? When I you tried, get, though. I tried hard. I'll bet you did. I would have done the same thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if, if you would be so kind, it doesn't have to happen right away. If you can set up uh, Brianna to do a call-in here on America's Workforce. And, and we I've done this a couple of times. With I remember doing a story some years back about a guy who was an IBW member. When Biden went to Pittsburgh, he got the chance to introduce him at a union hall. And I said, God, what a moment that had to be for you. And just like Brianna, to, uh, to be able to go to the White House and, and meet with the president of the United States, the most powerful person in the world, and talk about a union drive, that's cool stuff. 
<laughs> that's cool stuff. Really good stuff. And that's all posted, by the way, on the, the website, local1120.org. You can see a picture there of Brianna. Chris, i got to take a break. Chris Ryan joining us on our live line. He's president of the TCG Union, which is affiliated with one of our national sponsors, the Communication Workers of America, CWA Local 1123, local1123.com, the website. We'll continue with Chris. Later in the show, we're going to hear from Mr. Pat Gallagher, now retired from the Steelworkers, still cranking at the North Coast Labor Federation. Back in a few minutes. Don't go away. This is America's Workforce. More shows available at awfradio.com. It takes Lyuna to power North America with affordable energy. The men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, have the skills needed to build and maintain oil, natural gas, nuclear, solar, and wind projects that are shaping America's energy future. From new energy tech to retrofitted facilities, Lyuna members do it all. Find out what it takes to be powered by Lyuna at Lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A. We're the nurses, firefighters, and claims representatives that help keep our government services running. We respond to natural disasters. We care for our nation's veterans. And we investigate discrimination in the workplace. We are federal and D.C. government workers. And we are proud to serve the American people. Working in more than 70 agencies across the government, we know we can fulfill our mission because our union has our back. Learn more at AF. GE.org. Paid for by the American Federation of Government Employees, AFL-CIO. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Heat and Frost Insulators Labor Management Cooperative Trust. Find out more at insulators.org forward slash LMCT. America's Workforce Radio is sponsored in part by the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, District Council 6, representing painters, glazers, drywall finishers, and sign and display industry workers. They remind you that belonging to a union is your right as an American. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Communication Workers of America. You can find more at cwa-union.org. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrens with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on at least five platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. And when you get an opportunity, here's what you do. Just sign up and receive our shows on a regular basis. And give us a rating. We always appreciate those five-star ratings, so please keep them coming. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the United Labor Agency. ULAgency.org is their website. Let's go back to uh, Syracuse, New York, and joining us on our live line today is Chris Ryan. Chris serves for the past 10 years now, president of CWA Local 1123. We're talking about the TCG Union. And, uh, you know, I talked a little bit at the beginning of the show on what your workers do. It, it sounds like it's uh, pretty interesting. Um, one of the largest online marketplaces for verification services, card games, collectible trading cards. Can you give us a little more on that? That's, it, sounds like, uh, it sounds like the workers have to be very well trained and meet quality standards from what I was reading here. And obviously... There were some challenges on the job, and that's why you wanted to bring in the union here. Can you uh, be more specific on what what the company has done? And I guess this was, again, it was a spinoff 
from uh, eBay, very large company, billion-dollar company. But uh, can you pick it up from there, Chris, on, on what uh, what the workers are actually doing there? So what they do is they fo- it's kind of like the service. They fulfill the orders for the cards, so they actually physically take the cards, whether it's uh, Pokemon or any other trading cards that you that, that, that suppliers um, – or not suppliers or people who request those cards or trading cards, they fill those orders, kind of like a warehouse. And then they stock them, they sort them, uh, a lot of different gaming cards, and then they uh, they fill the orders, and then they get then they get shipped out. So it's sort of like a, a warehouse, if you will, or a giant clearinghouse. So that's what they do. Uh, you know, time is a lot of time, or so they have to know – the cards and they do a wonderful job. They do a great job. They're all, all of our members who work there are, are, are very efficient. I think that that's part of it. So I think, you know, with the acquisition of eBay, right. I think that they, you know, TCG sold out to eBay uh, for millions and millions and millions of dollars. And unfortunately I don't think a lot of that as usual. Right. So that's, I think that's the, I think that's a, a, a an example that you can find anywhere. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of those millions didn't uh, didn't trickle down to the the employees that made the TCG the millions, right? So eBay right. and they they're looking for raises, or looking for better work conditions and safety, and uh, a voice on the job just for a lot of different reasons and, and healthcare for everything. They they need to be paid more, they need to be treated better, they need a little bit more dignity on the job, they need better healthcare, and and and, and what we're going to do is try to provide that for them. I got gotcha. you. Now, now you uh, you don't have a date yet for negotiating on a on a first contract. I mean, pretty much that's where it ended last week. That you got a bargain on a first contract, but you know how they can stall that. Where, where do we stand yeah. right now? Uh, we have not heard back. We we sent them we sent them dates, uh, and we have not heard back from Littler Mendelssohn if those dates are uh, work for them. So. I guess we just wait, and if we don't hear back, we'll send them another letter. <laughs> yeah, but right now, so that's a good. I mean, listen, we'll just keep doing that. I mean, we're not, you know, we're not going to go away. I mean, that's all there is to it. They're not, and and they know that now. I mean, they they tried to they tried to run out the clock. They tried, tried to play the long game. They tried to, I guess, certain though too, right? So if you keep fighting and fighting and fighting, you lose that interest. But nothing, none of the interest or the mobilization or anybody on the job or on the shop floor, none of that's diminished at all. Uh, if anything else, it kind of felt weak. I think everybody felt a little bit empowered. So, Chris, this law firm, Littler Mendelson, which is a union-busting law firm, I see that you're asking the company to end their relationship, but obviously they haven't done that. Had, that, had they responded at all to your request to say, hey, can you tell them goodbye? We want We want to get this thing going. Has any of that happened yet? Uh, not yet. I think we'll probably wait and see where the, the course of these negotiations take us. Obviously, if it's just going to be a big hindrance and they're just going to be nothing more than obstructionist, then we'll file additional charges. And, uh, th- listen, they can't, what, what we, what we're not going to allow them to do is, is, is hide behind this union busting law firm. That's that, that will be, that will be what we would believe to be a violation of good faith bargaining so then we'll see where it takes us, and uh, you know we'll we'll we'll, we have, we'll sit down when we sit down. We'll, we'll I think we'll probably get a feel, but but uh, you know they're eBay, eBay's eBay's corporate policy. It's kind of funny. I, I said it before. Touch back on it. 
you know, Littler Mendelssohn is against everything which in their corporate policy. So it's kind of like a, a giant hypocrisy, in my opinion. <laughs> so they hired a law firm that doesn't agree with their ideology. <laughs> right. Interesting. Correct. Interesting. What does that tell you? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. You, you talked about wages and benefits. Can we get a little more specific here? I, I read something about uh, cost of living because of inflation going up. Uh, do we have some numbers in mind here that you can share with our listeners right now, Chris? Well, I think it varies. I think it's going to depend. I think it's a, on a sliding scale depending on who, you know, how much people are at now. So, I mean, you know, we just want to, I guess the point is they haven't had a raise in years. And as we all know, the consumer price index, I think last year was, I think close to 9%, you know, as inflation continues to, well, I mean, everything it's leveled off, but still, you know, we have to at least get current. We have to at least get current. We have to at least get them some substantial raises. So that, that raises their cost of living. Uh, So, you know, that's where we're headed. That's where our head is at. No bargaining survey. There's some things that are important to them. And, and then all we can do is, put forth some proposals and and uh, work it out, right? I guess that's why they call it bargaining. We'll see what they come back with. So eBay is a, you know, they're, 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 they're an enormously profitable company, right? So it's not like they can't afford it. Mm-hmm. I saw in uh, one of your posts that uh, job expectations and duties need to be clarified. Can you, uh, can you elaborate on that? Are, are, are people being asked to do some things that they shouldn't be doing, to your knowledge? That sounds kind of interesting to me. Yeah, I guess clarification on what's expected, scope, uh, who's doing what job. And, and I think we're just have to, we're gonna have to narrow that so that everybody understands the full their full duties instead of, you know, kind of being told to do everybody else's job. So in different classifications too. Uh, so that's partly uh, in which I don't think should be, I guess, in my opinion, a big ask, right? If you have your employees and the, our union members and truly knowing what's expected of them and who's doing what, who's doing when, uh, right. I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that's not going to be a big ask. What about uh, sick leave and absence policy? And I'm reading a policy that does not punish people for factors they cannot control. So that tells me that somebody might have gotten sick while they're working and they they got uh, docked for it. Did that happen at this company? Well, if it did, I don't know if, well, if I was aware of any examples, they, might, they would probably be in a, in, a, in a labor charge, but uh, <laughs> but another one. I guess we're also looking for some clarification in a fair, right? A fair sick leave policy, a fair, you know, what's, what's, we can't have an over aggressive uh, absence policy that, uh, you know, shorts people their pay um, and have that be a, a and, and expect people to want to come to work there every day. Right. So right. I guess what you, it's the whole, you know, I mean, there's a cost of living side and the economics, but also a lot of different factors and policies that that speak to working conditions, which affects the general morale. And I would think if I was eBay and if my if my employees were now union members and they came to us with some of these proposals, say, can we just work some of this 
work it out. Let's get some language. Let's get a let's get a fair policy, not a punitive policy. I gotcha. Yeah, that's what we all want. So you mentioned yeah. morale. How is morale at the, at the company right now after everything that you've gone through? Well, as far as morale with the with the bargaining unit, with our employees, uh, with our employees, with our members, their employees, I think it's great. You know, I think, uh, you know, we we kind of held that together. I think, you know, everybody wants to, you know, I think right, one of the out of the playbook of the union busting law firm. Let's just delay, 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 delay. And hopefully that diminishes the diminishes the enthusiasm, demoralizes the unit. But. They held it together strong. They really did. And uh, I, I got to tell you, I commend them. Uh, but we have the, the mobilization committee stayed on it. But now that the, the, now that the board has ruled in our favor, uh, morale for us is good. And I hope that, you know, there's expectations that now things will get a little bit better. An expectation that the, that, that eBay will, will come together and, we can get going forward with some of the things that matter to the our members. Well, Chris, I got to congratulate all the hard work that you were engaged in uh, over this time period, and uh, it's certainly uh, it's certainly a hard fought battle. And again, we have to repeat this. This was very recent, last Friday, August eleventh. TCG Player, which is a subsidiary of eBay, announced it would formally recognize its workers' union. That's the TCG union affiliated with the CWA, Communication Workers of America, and begin bargaining with the workers on a first contract. That's going to be difficult, and they're going to be delay tactics. But you cleared a hurdle here, brother. So uh, keep moving forward, and please keep in touch. Anything, you know, this show, I keep saying to so many people that join us on America's Workforce, this show is your show. We want to get your voice, the union voice out. Because when you win, all workers win. It's so it's so important that we uh, that we continue to have that voice. So stay in touch, okay, brother. Thank you very much. On behalf of my 272 members at eBay and my 600 current members, I thank you for your time, and I want to say thank you very much for everything you guys did. All right, and you can find more at local1123.com. Local1123.com. Chris Ryan joining us. Quick break. Pat Gallagher on behalf of the North Coast Labor Federation coming up next. This is America's Workforce. It takes Layuna to keep America running. Over 70,000 public employees are part of Layuna, the Laborers International Union of North America delivering critical services such as health care and emergency response, as well as maintaining roads and sanitation systems. Even the National Postal Mail Handlers Union, representing over 47,000 U.S. postal workers, is affiliated with LIUNA. Find out what it takes for LIUNA to keep America running at LIUNA.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Auto Workers. Find more at UAW.org. There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW. The, the United, United Steelworkers. Steel the largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in, in the, the US, US, Canada, and, and the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are steel workers, standing strong 
and fighting for what's right. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Federation of Professional and Technical Engineers. You can find more at ifpte.org. This segment of America's Workforce is brought to you by Survey and Ballot Systems. SBS has been providing unions with secure and flexible election options for over 30 years. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com to learn more. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Ironworkers. You can find more at ironworkers.org. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Real simple, 8 WF Union Podcast. Let's go to line number two right now. Love talking to this guy. Missed him for the last couple of months. All because he decided to retire from the United Steelworkers. And he's still holding a post at the North Coast Labor Federation, one of the many proud sponsors of America's Workforce. I'm talking about Pat Gallagher. So, how are we uh, enjoying retirement, my brother? I highly recommend it, Flash. (laughs) Well, since I haven't heard from you, every time I call you, it goes to voicemail. So I'm glad that you're having some time. How many years did you have with the Steelworkers, by the way? 46. Would have been 47 in one more month. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yep. I had uh, 19 years in the mill and then 26 on staff. So. Amazing, amazing. And I see you got an event coming up, uh, what is it, uh, this Saturday with the Coalition of Labor Union Women? Is, yeah, is that having, sold out? Yeah, I believe it is sold out. They have a barbecue a barbecue fundraiser at uh, the USW Local 979 Hall this Saturday. I think it's from 1 to 5, and it's a really nice event to attend. It's a lot of camaraderie and some good food, and it's uh, usually a very, very good event. No, oh, good. If there's yes. good food, I know Pat Gallagher is going yep. to be there. Oh yeah, no doubt. absolutely, no this, doubt. This is their yeah, it's their first annual one. They're starting to start a tradition. So, yeah, Davida Russell does a great job on that. She's yep. been on the show a number of times. Yes. But uh, so it, I know, I know you're, you're taking some time off. You're still connected though for the labor community. Once you get involved in unions, I mean, you you have that for the rest of your life because of the friends that you were able to uh, link up with over the years and making better conditions for workers in so many areas. It, it's great. So let's talk about the uh, North Coast Labor Federation, and let's talk about that nice win last week at the polls. That had to make you feel pretty good, right? Oh, yes, Flash, it sure did. It was a big win for, for organized labor and for you know, working people across the state. It, it kept Ohio on the political map, and there's a lot of, uh, lot of talk around about Ohio becoming a purple state again. You know, we were the purple state for for many years, and, you know, we've been kind of declared a red state, and we were a little bit afraid that the national politics wouldn't look at us anymore and just write us off. But I think this shows that, you know, progressives and, and liberals and good people can win in win in Ohio if, it's, if the message is right and the group is right. So. Now, were you at all surprised by the wide margin of that win, 57-plus percent? No, actually, I I was uh, I was thought we were going to win very handily. Uh, I didn't think it would be fifty seven percent, but I thought it would be fifty five or so because some of the polling we did and you know, just getting around in the neighborhoods and we we're having events and all that and talking to people. It seemed like people understood that it was just a power grab. It was just a power grab by the legislator, and I hope this brings to light what what one party rule can do to a to a state legislator and how that could really dominate everything. I hope that, you know, starts opening some people's eyes. 
Yeah. Yeah, Ohio, the numbers show this. It, it's, it is a little more Republican now. I think it's like 54% Republican, which would make it 46% Democrat. But when you take a look at the makeup of the legislature, and this is a good segue into gerrymandering, it's, it's way out of whack. We're looking at maybe 75% the way the maps are. So did you get an opportunity? Maureen O'Connor who was a stick in the mud last year on the on you know as far as trying to change the maps and she's a republican who sided with the democrats on redistricting she has come out with a uh, redistricting amendment that would I love this pat it would take the politicians out of the process <laughs> what, what a what a novel idea and have you had a chance to take a look at this yet yeah, I've, I've looked at it, too, and it's, uh, I mean, it's all about fairness, Lash. We need to have fair legislative districts, competitive legislative districts, where there's a chance for, you know, people to be represented by who they feel should be representing them. And the way they're they're gerrymandered now, and it's just just unfair, and it's totally, it's totally set up to be a Republican legislator. It's, there's no other way to put it, so... Yes, yeah, she's got a, a group called Citizens Not Politicians, and they want a statewide vote next year to put the redistricting process in the hands of an independent, key word is independent, 15-member bipartisan commission rather than elected officials. So we'll see. I, I You know, with the, with the win last Tuesday, and I know it's, I mean, that's a long way off, but it seems to me that Ohio voters would want something like this? Am, am I maybe too premature on this? But how do you how do you feel on this one? No, I, I think that there's some, actually some great concern about, you know, the redistricting and the legislator and the gerrymandering issues. And I think, uh, you know, the message is right. It could, it could play very well. But as you know, it's very difficult to get those ballot initiatives on the ballot. It's... Uh, you know, you've got to get uh, hundreds of thousands of signatures based on what the last gubernatorial uh, election was. So it's it's not an easy process to get it. The thing would be, let's let these politicians actually you know, come to their senses and do something that's fair for everybody. That's all yeah. we're asking for. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk about uh, what's coming up in November. I don't want to get too specific here, but what I have to ask you, you know this legislature made it a little more difficult for people to vote. You you have to get, well, you, your driver's license, number one, but there's a lot of people that don't have a driver's license, but you can get a state-issue ID. Uh, in this last election, was was there any confusion about that? Were there people to your knowledge, that went to the polls and didn't have the proper credentials to vote? Did that happen? I, I didn't witness any of that myself or hear any, you know, widespread reports about it. But, it's uh, I mean, I think the voter turnout was very good for, for the election. It was even more than off-season elections that for presidential elections. The voter turnout was very high. So, I mean, I think if people get the message, people are motivated, they're going to go out and vote. They're going to find a way to make sure their vote counts. Yeah. Doesn't this kind of remind you of like SB5, what happened back in, uh, what was it, 2011? Very similar kind of campaign, right? Yes, yes, it was. It was just about fairness and what's right. And I think when the message is right, people get the information right, and they'll vote the way their conscience tells them. Okay. Now let's switch gears, talk about your history with the 
the United Steelworkers. There was a big story earlier this week about Cleveland Cliffs, which has been a pretty good company, from what I understand, with with workers. And apparently, they uh, they tried to buy U.S. Steel, and I'm sure your phone was uh, <laughs> was oh, lighting yeah. up on this one, right? No, yes, they made an offer to to buy U.S. Steel, uh, in which U.S. Steel rejected the offer. Now. You know, we we have not signed a confidentiality agreement as of the 13th with the uh, of August 13th with the U.S. Steel Corporation. So I don't know anything that's going on. And we do have successorship in the contract so that any potential buyer has to make two conditions. He has to recognize the union and he has to either agree to the terms and conditions of employment or assume the contract. One of, one of those two. So, so that all that's got to be done to protect the workers in our, with our contract, which, you know, we feel that we supported the Cliffs, the Cliffs buyout because of uh, you know we have a relationship with them. We know how they work. We work well with them. Uh, they take you know we make sure that we've got a fair contract with them, and hopefully uh, something will come up. U.S. Steel, I think they're going to get into a little bit of bidding war now. It's S. Marks already said that they made an offer, and I guess Arcelor Middles also sniffing around too there. So anything's possible, and you know with the CEO and that they have in place now. He's, you know, he's just a corporate guy. He's bounced from Caterpillar all over the place. So he's going to try to make an offer that's going to suit him the best and make sure the executives get probably compensated in the board of directors. So that's what a lot of these purchases are all about. So, Well, U.S. Steel's based in Pittsburgh. They're ranked 186 on the most recent uh, Fortune 500 list. Cleveland Cliffs is a 170. Now, if they join, they'd be close to a top 100 company. And if they became one, they'd have over 40,000 employees. That includes 14,000 union workers at Cleveland Cliffs, 11,000 at U.S. Steel. So we'll see what happens here. Boy, yeah. Yeah, and there will probably be some antitrust uh, issues to go through, too, because there's a lot of similar products made by both, both companies. And we actually resupply probably you know, more than 50% of the uh, automotive steel market. So that's something that probably would be looked at also, too. So there's a lot, a, lot of, a lot of complicated moving parts in this. All right, we'll see what happens here. Pat Gallagher from the North Coast Labor Federation. One more question here before we go. I know you're a big Browns fan. How do you feel about the season coming up, buddy? Oh, I think we're, I think we're going to do it this year. So <laughs> all, the, all, all the cogs are in place as long as we can stay healthy and, you know, it's, 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 if we come out of the box pretty strong, I think we got a very good chance to be a playoff team and even go deep into the playoffs. So, no, that's a diehard fan. I know. I don't want to give up halfway through the season, but Pat, you take care. I know you'll enjoy the games coming up and uh, stay in touch with us. Okay, brother. All right, thanks, Flash. All right, that'll be it for another edition of America's Workforce. Tomorrow, we'll check in with the American Legion and the Alliance for Retired Americans. Until then, all of you have a safe and wonderful day. That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce radio podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group. Find out more information online at labortools.com.